Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts, coming live today from Bloomington, Indiana, where tonight the Fighting Illini men's basketball team will take on the Indiana Hoosiers. We'll have that broadcast for you, the tip-off at 7.30 tonight, Central Time, and uh, also we'll have our game day coverage coming your way starting at 6. We are live in downtown Bloomington, Indiana, here uh, today, this morning, on Valentine's Day 2018. We'll talk a little Valentine's Day uh, for you, some uh, facts you may or may not know about Valentine's Day. Also going to get a quick uh, visit from two or three people on our staff in regards to uh, what they typically do on Valentine's Day. Karen York is going to join us in a few minutes. Elizabeth Hess from our morning show and uh, Jim Lewis uh, as well will uh, join us in studio there for a few minutes, and we'll talk a little Valentine's Day have a little fun with that at the beginning. Open line the rest of the morning. Jim Dye will join me in hour number two. We'll sit in and visit about the various topics of the day. Nationally, of course, a lot of things percolating in Washington. The uh, debate on uh, the immigration plan continues. Immigration debate, they say, stalls this morning after the Democrats block a sanctuary city's vote. Remember, they're having this uh, open discussion there on the Senate floor that Mitch McConnell uh, said he promised, and he said the last week, first plan that gets to 60 votes is the one that's going to win. Well, they're just uh, getting ready to start debate there. Also, some of the other uh, headlines, Rob Porter's situation, creating new divisions in the White House. Uh, the White House uh, let Porter keep his job after receiving FBI report. Uh, those are a couple of headlines. Russia likely to meddle in the 2018 races, according to intelligence officials. They told senators that yesterday. And the president says, I think we can go bipartisan on infrastructure. That was the plan that he presented. Of course, the Winter Olympics continue over in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Sean White, his third Olympic gold. Solutions to him as the Olympics continue on. What, 15 hours ahead of us there they are in Korea. But congratulations to Sean White. A lot more to come in the Winter Olympics. A busy show for you today. Again, at the beginning here, we'll talk Valentine's Day. We'll have an open line. If you want to jump in on any of that, uh, feel free to do so. We'll have Jim Dye join us for an open line as well in hour number two. Open line tomorrow at 9 and 10 at 10.30 tomorrow. It'll be Busey Money Talk. And then on Friday morning in the 9 o'clock hour, some of you may know uh, Nathan and Julie Gunn. They're very well known. We'll tell you about them and their visit on Friday morning, and then wrap up the week, David Woods, for a few minutes to talk about the first week of the Olympics and open line the rest of the time as well tomorrow. So we'll kind of weave everything together as we work our way through this week. We'll take our opening break. We'll get a little Valentine's Day talk on this Valentine's Day 2018 from Bloomington, Indiana. After this, opening timeout on a penny for your thoughts. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Glad you're with us on a penny for your thoughts. And you can call us, 356-9397. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 
3515357. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Hey, Woods Basement Systems been around since 1986. They've helped over 55,000 homeowners protect your home investment. If you have some uh, basement crawl space cracks, uh, foundation problems, don't delay on those. Get a free estimate. Find out uh, what needs to be done. Cracks can be in block or poured concrete foundations. They all have two things in common. Cracks get worse if you ignore them, and they keep stealing value from your home until the cause is fixed. Contact the folks at Woods Basement Systems. How much can you afford to not fix that problem? 888-935-4333, 888-935-4333, or go online to woodsbasementsystems.com. All right, we are ready to talk a little Valentine's Day here. Happy Valentine's Day to my wife, Leanne. She is traveling today. I am traveling today. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana. So we'll meet back up uh, later this evening, very late this evening, with the uh, late start here in Bloomington. But I believe we have a little uh, Valentine's Day panel in our studio now. Uh, Jim Lewis is there. Good morning, Brian. Say hi, Jim. Uh, Karen York is there. Good morning. Good morning. And Elizabeth Hess is there. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Good. Everybody going to have a good Valentine's Day today? Hopefully. I I suppose. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Well, Karen, we'll start with you because your maiden name was Valentine. That is so, correct. So every day is Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah I kind of caught uh, Michael Kaiser off guard about that. He, uh, I said, you know, I have two days that are, that are Valentine's Day and Flag Day, the day I was born. And he's like, your maiden name wasn't Valentine. Luckily, Jimmy was in here, and he goes, <laughs> I backed it up. Yes, it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you have uh, you and Dale, you have big uh, big plans today or not? No, um, not really. Um, tonight, I mean, we start Lent, so. <laughs> well, that's right. They're on the same day. That's yeah, right. so yeah. not having the typical. <laughs> so giving, giving up romance for 40 days? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we'll do the service type thing where you get a gift every day for 40 days. No, um, so we'll probably have fish and that type of thing, so, which is So fine. have you done, uh, Dale, you had any kind of traditions over the years, Valentine's Day? Growing up, we had that. My dad was really big into making sure Valentine's Day, because of the last name, was always special. But yeah, I mean, you know, I flowers. I'm not real big on all of that. I just like to have a nice dinner. It's kind of like our anniversary, just a nice dinner thing, you know. I mean, we started out dating when I was in high school, so had no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got married, had no money. Yeah, so, raise kids and had no, no money. No money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we have grandkids, have no money. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, as long as, you know, I guess you spend the time together with each other, mm-hmm. I think that's that's the most important part. Well, I saw some stats. I saw some stats on Valentine's Day. They say women purchase 85% of all gifts, but 73% of the flowers purchased on Valentine's Day are by men. Oh, true. Yeah. As you long as I right? get a card, yeah. that's probably... I'm very big on that. I don't care about the flowers, but don't forget a card. Mm-hmm. Just remember, so, right? Just, just remember. It's just remember. Sick. That's now, right. Now, see, I've, I've heard people say, and, you know, they say, well, don't you don't need to get me anything. We're okay. So men should not follow that advice, right? You should get something. A card, at least. Okay. Card. At least. That's what I want, just a card. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that just, and actually read the card. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... Believe me, I have bought the wrong card before. Yeah. So you really have to read the card. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. I think the hallmark 
always get right. it right. Mm -hmm. And you and Dale have been married how many years? Um, over 40. So and 43. And how many grandchildren now? Six. Six. Wow. So kids all married, got them all through college, all that good stuff. They're married happily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and they each have, have two two kids. So, yeah, it's, you know, full circle. There you go. It's all good. Well, Elizabeth, any uh, you and Sanford, uh, any how did you guys meet, by the way? We met through friends. A fr mutual friend was getting married, and he invited me to their uh, festivities that evening, and Sanford was one of the guys invited. And you were smitten. I was smitten. That was 20 yeah. years ago. But, Brian, I have to admit, until you asked me a couple days ago, uh, would you come on and talk about Valentine's Day? I had forgotten, and so I quickly called my husband and said, do we have plans? And he said, for what? So <laughs> neither of us even, it, was, it wasn't on our radar, but now because of you, we're having lunch together today. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, and he's buying, right? Uh, yeah, actually. He doesn't know it yet, but yeah. Well, And I, I ran out and got him a card because of you, Brian, so thank you for keeping the romance alive. <laughs> we're here on uh, Valentine's Day. We're just talking a little Valentine's here for a few minutes uh, with our panel back there. Uh, three five six nine three nine seven. If you want to jump in at any point during this hour or the second hour, Jim Dye will join us. Uh, you can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line three five one five three five seven, or email us talk at wdws dot com. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, let me ask uh, Jim about you and Lola. How many mm -hmm. years you've been married? Uh, twenty years. It'll be twenty one in September. And your kids are all how old now? Uh, Emily is seventeen. Eliza is sixteen, and Max is twelve. And I've now got you guys, go ahead. I said, a student at Parkland, just started CNA classes this semester. Oh, wow. So. wow. So they're all getting older quickly. Mm -hmm. So you and Lola met how? We actually met uh, at the radio station is how we met. She, I was over at Parkland radio student at the Parkland radio station. She, she started doing it as well. And then uh, she started working. I was working DWS overnights. And then she started working HMS overnights. And we just happened to work the same overnight shift. Saturday wow. night and a Sunday morning, and uh, yeah, it just kind of went from there, so to speak. So, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, That's very much so. Sweet, I never knew that about you. I worked yeah. with you nine and a half years. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice yeah. story. Isn't that a nice story? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as we got older, we realized that our families knew each other. Like my her her folks and my folks, the families knew each other when they were younger. Like my grandparents, my dad's folks, and her mom's parents. They hung out at Lake Mattoon all the time. They both had places <laughs> down there, and they boated. And my my grandpa supplied the alcohol for, <laughs> you know, their their kids' weddings. I mean, because he worked for Anheuser Busch, so you know, it was just kind of one of those. We we found that the families knew each other once. Lola told my mother-in-law, you know, well, what's his name? Oh, it's Jim Lewis. And it's like, well, is he related to a Terry Lewis? I said, yeah, it's his uncle. And he's like, well, what are you saying? You know, Lola's like, you're not saying we're related, are we? No, no, we're not related. <laughs> Just, we know the family. So the families yeah. knew each other. So it was kind of cool. And we actually, uh, September 20th, 1997 is our anniversary. My folks got married on September 20th. Her folks also got married on September 20th. Oh, my so goodness. We it just, was meant to be. Somehow yeah. that year the calendar fell on a Saturday and we said, hey, why not? So. Well, do you guys, uh, and I know uh, Elizabeth and Sanford, you have one child, uh, mm -hmm. Karen, uh, multiple, uh, Jim, multiple. Uh, I'll let each one of you address. Just, you know, as a couple, it's when the kids are young, it's hard sometimes to find time to get together, you know, as a husband and wife. Did you find that? 
Yeah, uh, I did, uh, just because when they were younger, um, Lola was kind of a stay-at-home mom a bit, and uh, but she would work, you know, some evenings, and uh, sometimes, you know, the the Valentine's evening would pop up, and on, you know, that's when she would have to work or something like that. But you just kind of find time here and there as as yeah. you can. So that was always the thing. That was one of the one of my mother's piece of advice: always, always find at least one time a year, you know, that you can have even one night away or whatever make always make time for for your husband uh, your wife your your um just you together so that's always kind of i mean obviously we didn't have money to really do anything but you know you could still go somewhere or or do something and have the grandparents watch the kids Mm -hmm. or and my kids are close in age so it was like I'd rely on my sisters sometimes too. <laughs> Let's divide them up and, yeah. and conquer. So, or, or in Elizabeth's case, my daughter would come babysit. Yeah, uh-huh. Brian's daughter was our favorite babysitter. Before that, though, uh, my sister used to live next door. You rely on your sister, and uh, we would go out. And I, you're making me feel I need to put more effort into this because before <laughs> a child, we would exchange cards and gifts, and we were would always go out to dinner. And then after child, that stayed up a little bit, and now I've completely forgotten what today is. <laughs> so, I, yes, thank you for the reminder, that's, Brian. That's, You're like a, a therapist. That's why I'm here to remind you. Before we let you go, I know you all have to get back to work here. Um, what do you enjoy most about your spouse? You just I mean the thing that you admire the most or you just enjoy the most being around them after all these years? I think the fact that she puts up with me because <laughs> – I hit 17 and kind of peaked mentally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did. And, I, and then, I work next to him. Yeah, and then having kids, you know, doesn't help because it keeps you at that level, especially with Max being 12 now. Um, but that's just that she kind of puts up with that a little bit. And, you know, some of the crazy hours, you know, being just in this business, uh, you know, things happen or you may work late for an election or weather or, you know, doing Saturday morning shows or morning shows like Elizabeth, you know, every morning. And, uh, you know, just, just kind of getting, I think, just, getting that about you that you know this this is the business you chose and you love it and okay you know we can make plans but you know that might get thrown off a little bit and you just kind of roll with it a little yeah i would say yeah um great sense of humor always supportive um you know and willing you know like we just went to california or we went to canada for a weekend i mean just those type of things that he's very willing to always do those things that we can spend some extra time together. And since we basically grew up together, I mean, we've been together since I was a junior in high school. So we've gone through through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of issues with parents and illnesses and things like that. And you just grow closer. And he, cliche, but he is my best friend. He just is always there, always supportive for everything that I do. So, and the kids always involved with the kids and now of course the grandkids so very much appreciate absolutely absolutely very lucky i'm gonna start with the fact what i'm gonna piggyback on karen he's a great dad but he's next to my dad the smartest person i know there's nothing he doesn't know can't fix can't do he just kind of keeps our family together without him i would be walking in circles around my block just muttering (laughs) gibberish because i wouldn't even know what to do without him but he makes me laugh every day yeah i think laughter is a big part of it it is making people laugh, making your spouse laugh. So 
All right, guys. I know you have to get back to work. Jimmy's normally on Saturday mornings. He's helping out today with Ed, with me, and Karen. You've got uh, the office to manage out there. So yes, and we'll we have guests in the lobby, so they're looking at me, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, like um, "Yes, oh. I, I'll be out there right in just a minute." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. All right, thank you, thank you, Elizabeth. My pleasure. Happy Welcome. Valentine's Day, Brian. All right, you too. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more open line here the rest of the morning. Jim Dye will sit in with me in the second hour. We're in Bloomington, Indiana. It's Illinois and Indiana coming up tonight. We'll have it for you on the radio here on News Talk 1400. We're back with more after this. Welcome back on this Wednesday. We are at Valentine's Day. It's also Ash Wednesday, and that's the first time that's happened on the same date since 1945. How about that? 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phones. You can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351-5357 or email us talk at wdws.com. Hope you're having a good Valentine's Day. And let's see. Let's go to the phone, shall we? Get started here at uh, 928, and Bob is with us. Hey, Bob, good morning. How are you? Happy Valentine's Day. You're over there at the theater. I'm going to tell you a quick story about my Valentine's Day. Sure. Met my wife on Valentine's Day. I worked, was working at Urbana, took a box of candy over to her after I got off. That's close to midnight, 1967. Well, here it is 51 years ago today when I met her. Now listen to this one. March the 4th of 67, we got married. Wow. <laughs> and I was 25, still living at home. She was 29 with four children. And the youngest one I took on, I, the reason I'm going to say Happy Valentine's Day to my wife, she's out there in the kitchen listening to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and the youngest one I took on was only uh, nine weeks old. So I had to learn a lot in a hurry. Boy, you sure and did. The reason I'm very thankful is because this summer she had surgery, and on the fifth day her defibrillator went kaput, and she was actually dead for six minutes oh my goodness and my mom had took a fall my mom passed away that same day and my mom was betty ross lived on race street she called in paying for your thoughts especially when the sports and stuff was but yeah. tell you we were so desperate that we were get married one on another because mom and dad had nothing to do with it my mom parked her car behind my car said we're not going anywhere <laughs> 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 we took a cab to rantoul to a church that my wife knew, that her mother knew, we determined we were going to get married in a church, and we did. Wow. And uh, I, I'm guessing you laughed a lot together, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have. We had some hardships and up and downs and everything after 51 years. But I, the important thing is she asked me, I believe in God, but I didn't go to the church. And she said, would you get into the Word, please, and go to church with me and the kids? Mm. Well, right there, I've, ever since I've been with her, I've been going to church. Wow. Well, that's an amazing story. Um, yeah. That, it sounds like it's been a, you know, I mean, like you said, you took on a lot there at the very beginning. That's uh, That was very brave. Yeah, but, we had one between us, so we got one at 61, 60, 58, 50, and 46. Hmm. Well, when you're in love, it uh, you know you'll you'll do uh, 
you know, just about anything. And uh, that sounds well, like you were, you were. Because we had to find a way to, K, uh, to Kmart to get me a wedding band that was only $9. We couldn't <laughs> afford to get her one, so she used her ex-husband's ring. Can you oh believe my goodness. that? <laughs> oh, my <Yes>. goodness. <laughs> well, Bob, I, I, I appreciate you letting me know that story. That, that made my day. Well, that story right there I just gave you, it wasn't, it wasn't all of it, but Stevie J was working there at the time. Yeah. Because he just, I want a sweetheart story. So I gave him my sad <laughs> story and gave it all, and I won the prize of a big uh, candy heart that had like 50 pieces in it or something like that. Did you really? Something, yeah. Yes. Uh, Stevie J had something special for Valentine's Day that somebody call and tell the best story. Yeah. He says, that's supposed to be a sweetheart story. I said, well, I thought I'd make it sad and you'd take pity on me. <laughs> <laughs> and you wound up with the candy. No, she did. Oh, she did. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. pass around her kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you, Bob. Well, thank you. So yeah. I tell my wife again, happy Valentine's Day. I know she's listening. She's going to kill me. Well, <laughs> well I, think, I think you'll be just fine. Well, All thank right, you, Bob. Thank you. All right, good to Bye. hear from you. All right, there you go. You got a story like that? You can share one of those. So we've got an open line going today on this Valentine's Day. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana. We've got news headlines coming up next here at the bottom of this hour at 9.33, and we'll come back with more Penny for your thoughts on Valentine's Day after this on DWS. Welcome back. Penny for your thoughts. On this Valentine's Day 2018, we had a little Valentine's Day panel there. Great call from Bob. If you have anything you want to add on an open line on Valentine's Day, feel free to do that at 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357, or email us at talk at wdws.com. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana today. We're getting you ready for Illinois basketball tonight against Indiana. The Facer Law Office. Invite you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Your Assets, and Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. Learn about the law that completely changes the rules and much more today at 1.30 at the I-Hotel. Call them at 337-1111 to reserve your spot, 337-1111. And uh, check out the book, Protect Your Family, Don't Write a Blank Check to the Nursing Home. A couple of other notes on uh, Valentine. Of course, some of this is legend, but uh, it says the Roman Emperor Claudius the second didn't want men to marry during wartime. He thought single men made better soldiers. This is in 270 A.D. Anyway, they say Bishop Valentine went against his wishes and married people secretly anyway. And then uh, Bishop Valentine eventually uh, arrested and then executed on February 14th. So there you go, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day behind Christmas, the single most card-sending occasion. And those who receive the most Valentines are teachers, followed by children. Of course, a lot of that goes on in classrooms all over the country. Mothers, wives, and then sweethearts. And let's see, 73% of flowers purchased on Valentine's Day are by men. They say 50 million roses are given for Valentine's Day each year. Rose was the favored flower of the Roman goddess Venus, the goddess of love, and red stands for strong romantic feelings, making the red rose the flower of love. And they say uh, in the U.S., Valentine's Day, $1.9 billion will be spent on clothing, $3.7 billion on going on dates, $4.7 billion spent on jewelry, 
And more than 35 million heart-shaped boxes of chocolate are purchased for Valentine's Day. And they say each year the city of Verona, Italy, receives more than 1,000 Valentines to Shakespeare's Juliet. And how about this one? More than 9 million pet owners buy gifts for their pet <laughs> on Valentine's Day. And let's see here. Richard Cadbury, you may have heard of that, in the U.K. in the 1860s, first person to make chocolates for Valentine's Day, he created the box for chocolates. Then those boxes could be used to store locks of hair and love letters. They became more elaborate as time went on. So anyway, those are just some of the little factoids on Valentine's Day. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phones. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357 or email us at talk at wdws.com. Had a couple of questions yesterday towards the end of the show. There was uh, someone had asked about how unauthorized or illegal immigrants end up paying uh, taxes if they don't have a social security number or how do people that uh, are visiting the country or um, are in some sort of uh, state of flux, how do they pay their taxes? There's actually a couple of different ways. I talked to Fred Gertz a little bit uh, as he was coming in to do his show. One of the things uh, that was mentioned too towards the end of the show was an individual taxpayer identification number, an ITIN that was created by the IRS back in 1996, so people who aren't allowed to work in the file taxes on any money they earned. And it went on to add, the IRS does not share ITIN information with immigration authorities. So that goes back to 1996. And it says the agency doesn't break down the number of tax returns filed that way, but in 2010, it reported that about 3 million ITIN holders paid more than $870 million in income taxes. So those are just some of the uh, numbers that were uh, mentioned. I found this article, I think it was on LegalZoom, I went and found a lot of this. Uh, still all documented uh, workers found public schools and uh, local government services by paying sales and property taxes like everybody else. Somebody mentioned that. In 2010, that added up to about $10.6 billion in state and local taxes. And then uh, just also there was a question yesterday about uh, how someone becomes a citizen. And we should have somebody on to talk about that. I did go to, again, to LegalZoom and found a couple of things. Two types of visas are issued by the U.S. government, immigrant and non-immigrant. Those holding immigrant visas usually go on to become resident aliens or legal permanent residents and obtain their green cards. Most immigrants eventually become citizens of the U.S. Non-immigrant visas are issued to people who return to their homeland when their trip or schooling is completed, such as tourists or students. An illegal alien is someone who's living in the United States illegally obviously, either without the correct legal documentation or by violating the terms of documentation, such as overstaying the time period specified on a tourist or student visa. Illegal aliens have no legal status in the U.S. Among other things, illegal immigrants cannot vote, receive social services from federally funded programs, social security benefits, or hold U.S. passports. And, of course, they're subject to detainment and deportation at any time. And the process of becoming a U.S. citizen with full citizenship rights is called naturalization, and I won't go through all the details of that. But anyway, if you go to uh, LegalZoom.com, if you have some questions on that, like I did, um, I, I didn't know exactly how it all worked, but that is kind of mixed in and together with all of the back and forth going on in Washington. So I thought I'd just uh, share those two little items with you here this morning. We're at 944. We have Carl on the line uh, with us here this morning. Hi, Carl. Hey, Brian. Uh, you mentioned about the uh, kids passing out the Valentine's 
classroom. Yeah. When I was when I was in grade school, I always uh, you'd go through all those cards and trying to find the right one for everybody. And the toughest one was for the person you don't like because you didn't want them to get the wrong idea. <laughs> I don't know if that still go if that goes on with all all grade schools or whatever, but I always thought that was that took the longest time. Yeah. Well, sometimes as an adult, you know, you have to figure out how to be nice to people that you don't get along with, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I can remember one professor on Valentine's Day came up and said, "Well, we went through the uh, I went through the Valentine's with my son last night, and they all looked alike to me, but choosing them seemed to be like uh, some kind of uh, big." Uh, federal decision or something. Because mm-hmm. he, he just thought, yeah, what's the difference? And and his son was just really being uh, very careful about it. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway. Well, yeah. I, I just it, going I'd back, throw that in. I'm, yeah. No, I appreciate that. And going back to the uh, exchanging Valentine's cards as a kid, I remember one year, I think it was in Mrs. Painter's third grade class down at uh, Tolono, I um, had all the Valentine's cards, and I forgot to sign my name to them. So I had like 30 kids. Is this yours? Is this yours? Is this yours? <laughs> so uh, I wasn't able to be totally, uh, you know, I, I I don't know why. What I was thinking, I didn't write my name on them. I guess I was trying to be anonymous. Okay, whatever. Yep, whatever works, right? Thanks, Carl. Bye. Good to hear from you. Three five six nine three nine seven is how you can join us, just like Carl did on the phones. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line three five one five three five seven, and email us talk at wdws dot com. So it is Valentine's Day. If you have any uh, Valentine's Day stories, you want to throw those in the mix here as we work our way through an open line here. Really, the rest of the morning, uh, Jim Dye is going to sit in with me in the studio in Champaign. I'm over in Bloomington, Indiana, getting ready for Fighting Illini basketball tonight. Team will have a shoot-around here in just a little bit. They uh, went to the arena last night. It was interesting that Underwood has not coached here at the Assembly Hall in Bloomington, but he actually played here for Jack Hartman in Kansas State in a game against Indiana. So he was returning here for the first time in a, in a long time, in decades, and looked around and said it really hasn't changed that much. So uh, interesting for him tonight to be coaching on the sideline for Illinois. We'll take a break. Back with more on this Valentine's Day. We're at 947 here on DWS. And back with more Penny for Your Thoughts in a moment. Welcome back, Penny, for your thoughts. On this uh, Valentine's Day, Whitney Houston was flat-out amazing. But uh, hope you're having a good Valentine's Day. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana today. We're on a penny for your thoughts. You can join us here on an open line. What's on your mind today? Valentine's Day on your mind. Any stories there you want to share? Feel free to do that. This will be the way to do it here on the phone, 3569397, or email us, talk at wdws.com. Uh, hope you're doing okay on this uh, Valentine's Day 18. Our tip-off tonight at 730 Illinois and Indiana will have our line game day coverage starting at 6 o'clock this evening here on this radio station. Hey, one way you can celebrate the special person on Valentine's Day and throughout the year, give them the love letter that lives on an estate plan. Preparing an estate plan ensures your family and financial goals are met after you're gone. You never know when the inevitable will come for us or for our loved ones. And according to a survey 
Caring.com came out with, more than half of Americans, 60%, do not have an up-to-date estate plan. So important to uh, take care of that. Complete a message to my loved ones, no matter your stage in life, from Busey Wealth Management. The packet will help outline your life, your legacy, and your wishes through fill-in-the-blank style questions. They'll make it easy for you. Might not seem relevant right now, but having an estate plan is a key part of your financial wellness. Busey Wealth Management here to guide you through the estate planning process. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY to your wishes and request a message to my loved ones. So make sure you take advantage of that. All right, let's go back to our phones here at 9.53. And uh, Michael is with us here this morning. Hi, Michael. How are you? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Well, I got a real nice Valentine's story for you. It's going to warm your heart. Well, good. I worked at uh, Maytag, and a gentleman I worked with every Valentine's, he got a dozen roses. Are you ready for the catcher? Yes. <laughs> they were black, and they were from his ex-wife. Oh, is that right? Years. <laughs> oh. I worked with him three. I worked there a lot longer than that, but I worked with him three <clears throat> years. Wow. <laughs> and I know for three years that happened. I don't know how long it continued, but that'd be kind of expensive, you think. Well, yeah. I don't think she was a happy camper, so I had to share that with her. I guess not. He needs to move on, I think. Right? Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. But I thought I'd throw that in. Light well, day up. so where do you get black roses? I don't know. I, I've thought about that, too, but I've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they – I don't know. I, yeah. I really don't know, but I thought I'd share that with you. All right. Well, you got anything else on your mind? Yes, we need some recruits. Yeah, well, I think they're working on it. Offering all them scholarships, but yeah, I don't know. That makes me feel like that we don't have anybody really solid. We're just trying, but hopefully we'll get somebody. I hope so. Anyway, enjoy your time in Bloomington. Well, thank you, Michael. All right, goodbye. Good, good to hear from you. Three five six nine three nine seven is where Michael was. If you got a quick Valentine story you want to throw in, didn't expect that one, so you can. Uh, give us a call if you'd like. Text us or email us here. Jim Dye is going to sit in with me in the second hour. He's going to be in uh, Champaign. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana. Got to get used to the time change. This is the first penny show I've done in a different time zone, so I got to keep my keep my time straight. We're an hour ahead of you, but uh, hope you're uh, following along here and enjoying the uh, show today. Uh, you can email us as well. Talk at wdws.com. Let's see here. Uh, what else is uh, happening? Of course, uh, we had some Big Ten. What play last night, and Rutgers came back late, beat Northwestern in overtime. Nebraska, I was listening to the uh, Nebraska broadcast on the on the bus, on our team bus on the way over here, and uh, he, the announcer there, he was pretty vocal about Nebraska needing to be in the NCAA discussion. Of course, they've never won an NCAA tournament game, and uh, they won again last night over Maryland. So that was pretty interesting to uh, follow along and listen to that. One other note, uh, you know, some of you have been battling the flu. Uh, they say orange juice sales have spiked for the first time in years due to the rough flu season. Flu is not going easy on Americans this winter. It seems many are going back to the basics to try to prevent catching it or drinking their orange juice. Washington Post reports orange juice sales have been declining for years as Americans shy away from sugary drinks. But in the four-week period that ended January 20th, of this year. Orange juice sales increased 0.9%, the first sales increase since 2013. 
It's thought Americans are hoping drinking the juice will ward off the flu, but experts say uh, you shouldn't risk it. Just get a flu shot as it can lessen your symptoms even if you do get the virus. So there you go. Orange juice sales are on the increase. I think I'll drink my orange juice during a timeout. We'll come back with more. Wrap it up for this hour after this here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Welcome back. Penny for Your Thoughts here in this first hour. We've spent some time talking about Valentine's Day. If you have anything you want to add to that in the second hour, feel free to do that. We'll have an open line. Jim Dye will sit in with me, though. He's in the News Gazette newsroom, of course, and he will be um, joining me in the second hour. Lots to talk about locally statewide. You heard about the budget address and, of course, nationally in Washington, the whole immigration debate uh, that is going or at least about to get started on the Senate floor. A lot of maneuvering going on in Washington, D.C. So all of those topics are fair game as well. Congratulations to Sean White as uh, he wins gold over in South Korea. Coming up next is the news at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock, and we'll come back with more on Penny for Your Thoughts on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to a penny for your thoughts here on this Valentine's Day. Glad you're with us. You can join us on the phone lines, as was mentioned there, 356-9397. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com, or, of course, uh, call us, 356-9397. On this Valentine's Day, and our own sweetheart, Jim Dye, is in the studio. How are you, sir? Well, I'm... Pretty good, I guess, considering the <laughs> weather is gray and gloomy and dark and uh, foreboding yeah. and all the rest of those bad <laughs> adjectives I can think of. Yeah. How's well, it, how I, are things in Bloomington? Is uh, it, it's uh, kind of gray, too. Okay. Not a whole lot different. Okay. So. I hope that does not foreshadow uh, bad results tonight, but I, I have concerns <laughs> on that subject. Yeah. Yep. So you uh, do anything special on Valentine's Day today? Uh <laughs> I, well, I'm working. That's special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight I was supposed to go to my book club meeting, but I re- I just found out this morning that, that I got the day wrong, so it was last night. So I'm a day late and a dollar short once well. again. <laughs> well, I, I found it interesting. I think it was uh, – I mentioned this the first hour, and I didn't realize this. I guess Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day fall on the same day for the first time since 1945. Well, actually, so. you know, you raise an interesting point there because I think Jim Rosso wrote a column uh, – couple weeks ago that uh, the Flynn family was going to be producing their famous uh, fish sandwiches on Ash Wednesday and on all the weekends during Lent at one of the local uh, mm-hmm. bars. And, you know, maybe that's something I'll do tonight and go get a fish sandwich. <laughs> there you go. Dublin well, O'Neill's. Have... Yeah, Dublin O'Neill's. That's right. That's right. All right. Jim Dye is with us this hour. If you have any uh, comments, things you want to throw in the mix here during this hour, we have an open line basically, but there's a lot going to address by the governor today. Um, what are some things you're working on here recently? What? Uh... Well, there's a lot of excitement in Springfield, of course, over the budget and the politics and the election year and all that. But the big controversy right now is uh, Speaker Madigan and the sexual harassment case that he um, allegedly mishandled uh, and the litigation that's come out of that and the political, uh, the political spin that uh, is being spun in terms of uh, demanding his resignation and that sort of thing. I think it's an interesting... Um, Springfield uh, political fiasco. I look forward to seeing how this turns out. Yeah. Well, uh, anything new we expect today to hear from the governor? Well, you know, he says he's going to present a balanced budget, and uh, I don't think he's going to be able to do that unless he offloads some costs to other entities like local schools and universities in terms of pension costs. There will probably be a few gimmicks in there to make people think it's balanced. But I heard uh, Mike Frerich's uh, 
you know, we've run some quotes from him saying how, you know, how terrible it is that uh, Bruce Rauner hasn't uh, proposed a balanced budget. And, of course, governors in Illinois are required to do that. But just as governors are required to propose balanced budgets, legislatures are required to pass them. And, of course, that hasn't happened for two decades. So I think there's plenty of finger pointing to go around on that issue. But, you know, once again, money is the big thing in Illinois. We don't have enough of it, and that causes problems. Yeah. Well, the governor was with us uh, at the end of last week, came on the radio right before he went to the editorial board. Um, How did that go? meeting with him well you know the governor always says pretty much the same thing and the reason he says the same thing is because he's still pushing the same ideas that uh, he has for the past four years those those the same ideas that speaker madigan and the democratic legislature have uh, flatly rejected so you know the governor is uh, nothing if not consistent but at the same time uh, you know when he says the same thing over and over again and doesn't get it done it undermines his credibility and that's why his uh his uh, approval ratings are so low and why I think he's a long shot to get uh, reelected in a state that is uh, strongly Democratic. All right, 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phones. You can email us, talk at wdws.com, uh, or, of course, you can uh, text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 351 351- Five three five seven. Have you been watching the Olympics at all? You know, I have not. I have not watched uh, any of the Olympics. I guess that makes me not a sports fan, but something about uh, curling just doesn't excite me too much. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I do kind of like be... the I do kind of like the luge. So maybe I'll get to catch a little yeah. bit of that. Well, there you go. I, I love the uh, the ski jumping and the and the out the downhill. The, you know, I just enjoy that a lot. But. Uh, Boy, that curling is on all the time. Yeah, what is the thing? I just I, was coming in the newsroom or coming in the studio, and I saw we have it on. We have it on our television that these people have their little brooms out, and they're they're going like mad. I should invite them over to my house uh, <laughs> to uh, sweep up some of my dog's hair that's uh, falls too frequently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're uh, <laughs> we're here with Jim Dye. We have a uh, email in. It says Kim Jong Un's sister is the new darling of the U.S. media. She's the director of propaganda and agitation for the People's Workers Party. She uh, made the U.S. Treasury specially designated nationalist for her role in North Korean human rights violations. Yep, she's a real sweetheart. The media hates the president enough to side with a murdering monster if they think it helps their cause. Uh, well, she been, has been getting a lot of favorable coverage. Well, I've been kind of struck by the fact that uh, she seems to be getting so much uh, favorable attention. I mean, she's not exactly... Uh, you know, Miss America in terms of her look, so I don't quite get that, the, the fascination with her. I mean, she's a representative of a, I think maybe the, and this is saying something, the world's most ruth, ruthless and despotic regime. Uh, she hasn't said anything in particular. Uh, I don't get it, but maybe there is some rapprochement that's going on between North and South Korea that would help to de-escalate the current uh, um, nuclear issue. And if that's the case, good, but uh, I'm skeptical. Our own uh, senator, switching gears a little bit, our own senator uh, Dick Durbin's in the middle of the the whole immigration discussion on the on the Senate floor, and uh, I guess what Mitch McConnell just kind of opened up the floor and said, uh, everybody present their plans, and the first one to get to sixty wins. Well, that's the way it usually works, and of course we say sixty because uh, there is a possibility of a filibuster, and the only way you can break a filibuster is but with a three fifths majority. So it takes, although it, passing bills takes fifty votes or fifty one half plus one, uh, getting past a filibuster takes 60, so in effect you do need 60. We'll be, it'll be, as I say, I'm saying I'm repeating myself a lot, but it be interesting to see how that works out because I think maybe while the Senate uh, might be inclined to pass something, the House might be a little more difficult. 
Yeah. And a judge stepped in again right here, I think, uh, either last night or this morning, having to do with DACA. Um, and I have to read more on the story about, you know, the. I guess he's saying the the reason given for the delay or at least in not renewing DACA is not good enough or something. It was, I forget the exact, it was uh, kicked around this morning, I guess. Well, these, I mean, I call them resistance judges. I mean, they, they seem to be delighting in setting aside uh, President Trump's rulings, but uh, when it gets to a higher court, uh, you know, their rulings get set aside. So it seems to me the president has ample authority to decide these questions of immigration and uh the judges that say he doesn't are probably not going to be upheld in the end. All right, 356-9397 is how you can join us. We are at 1016. We'll take a quick break. Jim Dye is with us in studio. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana. We'll come back with more. Penny, for your thoughts, uh, let us know what's on your mind today. Any Valentine's Day stories, you can share those too. Feel free as we continue here on this Wednesday here on Penny, for your thoughts. Welcome back to a penny for your thoughts here on this Valentine's Day. We're on this Wednesday, 356-9397 on the phones. You can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357 or email us talk at WDWS.com. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana, Illinois, and the Indiana Hoosiers coming up here this evening at 7.30, 6 o'clock, our Illini game day coverage. And then, of course, uh, we're back home on Sunday at 2.30 to take on Nebraska. Jim Dye is in the studio there in Champaign. Any comments or questions along the way, feel free to uh, give us a call, an email, or a text if you have any questions for uh, Jim Dye. I was talking to Brad Underwood last night, Jim. He played over here in Bloomington for Kansas State for Jack Hartman years and years ago. How long ago was that? Well, let's see. If He played in the mid to late 80s, so or mid-80s, I guess. And how did they do? That they win he said win. they, they lost. probably lost. They lost. Yeah. <laughs> that was the that was the heyday of Bob Knight, and uh, they didn't lose many home games back then. Yeah, he said Jack Hartman and Bob Knight were good friends. Well, uh, Jack Hartman is one of those guys that you don't hear a lot about uh, these days, but apparently he was a very very good coach and quite a successful guy. And I know he coached Lon Kruger, and uh, I think Kruger's had a lot of good things to say about him over the years. So he must have been uh, top notch. Yeah, I walked in and I said, does it change much? He goes, no, not really. Uh, they they have done some renovation over here in, in Bloomington for the arena, but uh, the the gist of it, as you see it on TV, looks about the same as it did all those years ago. Yeah, I've only been there, well, once, I think. I, well, you know, you get older and you forget, but I think I've only been there once, maybe twice. I was always struck by just how steep uh, those sides are. It's like... It's almost like climbing up a, a rock wall. You know, the, the, <laughs> you think if I fall, I'm going to roll down. I never quit rolling. That's right. Yeah, you get to the very top of the arena. I think it seats seventeen thousand. Yeah, uh, you almost have to be a goat to stand up there. <laughs> I mean, it's that steep. Yeah, up, I know up it's the, striking. It's seat. really uh, <laughs> quite an experience. I think they maybe needed some. Maybe they put some rails up since then. But yeah, I was uh, as I was do as I was making the long climb to my great seats. I was thinking. This is uh, quite, quite a quite an expedition I'm on. I feel like I need a mule uh, dragging behind me carrying my tent and everything. All right, got an uh, email here. It says, I know Madigan is a lawyer, Mike Madigan, because of his ongoing property tax scam in Chicago. Why does he need another lawyer to answer his questions at a press conference? It says, uh, by the way, the tax scam should be illegal. Yeah, okay. Well, that's an interesting question. We could talk about that one all day. Uh, <laughs> here's the deal. Madigan is under fire right now because of the way he handled that uh, uh, the sexual harassment complaint by one of his campaign workers against one of his other campaign workers. And 
this thing is involving litigation. With uh, she filed a complaint, the, the the victim filed a complaint with the EEOC on either Monday or Tuesday, and Madigan essentially has lawyered up. So Madigan needs a lawyer just like anybody else needs a lawyer, and he's not going to say anything because anything he says could literally be thrown back in his face. He wants to uh, keep all of his thoughts on the issue to himself. And the best way to do that is to have a lawyer uh, stand up and say, oh, we did everything right. And if you have any questions, just ask Mike here. And so somebody asks questions of Mike and he'll say, well, I want to refer that, qu- that, that uh, question to my lawyer. Let, let her answer it. So, no, he doesn't want to be saying anything that could get him in trouble. We're visiting with Jim Dye this morning. It's an open line here this morning, so anything you want to uh, bring up, feel free to do that. I guess a couple of stories out of Washington. One had to do with uh, this uh, former aide in the White House, Rob Porter, yeah. his resignation. I guess the FBI director told Congress uh, maybe the timelines don't match up with what happened out there, I guess, as far as his hiring. Well, I think the, the FBI said that they had completed their investigation and the, and the White House, uh, in explaining why Mr. Porter was not removed, said that the investigation, as far as they were concerned, was still pending. So I guess it depends on whose investigation are you talking about, a White House investigation or an FBI investigation, and do you, in fact, need two investigations, and you probably don't. I think the issue uh, with the Porter thing was that he's considered to be a very valuable uh, and helpful employee, particularly to the chief of staff, and that the, the people that heard these allegations basically said, uh, I just have a hard time believing this because he seems like such a good guy. And they didn't believe it until they saw the pictures, and they didn't see the pictures until late in the game. And that's when everything fell apart. That's when all of Porter's uh, support disappeared. So to me, not surprising. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, you have these situations that occurred like 20 years ago with his ex-wives, and certainly uh, that kind of behavior cannot be condoned. But at the same time, you got to wonder at what point is any of this become not disqualifying in terms of working i mean is a guy not allowed to work anywhere he can work anywhere but as long as it's not the government or what you know what is the deal so you know we're just still kind of working our way through these rules and that's the kind of thing right now that it's affecting mike madigan is where what really are the rules what's appropriate some some people have a different idea of what's appropriate than others some people think as soon as an accusation is brought to your attention uh, you should instantly believe it all and fire the target of the uh, accusations. Well, life's a little more complicated than that, and that's where you know uh, people get upset and start making uh, suggestions, that, as have been made about Madigan, that he should step down as Speaker of the House. Yeah, I found a story interesting too, just in regards to all of this. And of course, this has been a, a big topic: um, uh, work, workplace, and relationships, and all of that. But I think I guess Google and Facebook and their workplaces said uh, they're they're implementing, I guess, a rule if you. If you're a man and you ask a woman one time for a date or whatever, and she says no or no, I'm busy or whatever, that's it. You get she a one-time ask. I have to clean ask. my room. Does that count? Yeah, one-time ask, and that's it. <laughs> well, isn't that interesting? Because a significant number of people in this country met their spouses at work. <laughs> so now you have all these workplaces uh, dealing with problems of what of is it? I'm sure they would now wish under the current rules that nobody that. that Nobody would date anybody who's an employee. But, you know, this is human nature versus uh, evolving standards, and who knows where it's all, all going to end. Pretty soon we're, we're going to be complaining that uh, we're going to have complaints that uh, people aren't getting married anymore because of the disqualifying rules at work. So, you know, 
Maybe we'll have some litigation about that. <laughs> we're at 10, we're 10 26. We've got news headlines coming up here at the uh, bottom of the hour. Yeah, Jim Lewis told us earlier that he met his wife at uh, at the radio station. So, hey, it's not, you know. it's a common thing. Now, for yeah. instance, if you work at the university, well, okay, it's a big place, isn't it? Can one person in one department date another person in another department? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, the other uh, the other story this morning had to do with, I guess, the president's attorney says he paid a adult uh, a porn star, I guess, with his own money. Yeah, well, that'd be the first that. time a lawyer ever used his own money to pay off a settlement, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know about such things, I, but but <laughs> and, Michael and my Cohen question would a, be, what exactly was he paying her for? I mean, just out of the goodness of his heart, or services rendered, or uh, she had to, you know, buy a house for her aging mother? I who knows. Yeah, this is, uh, they say it goes by the stage name Stormy Daniels. Had previously, uh, they had alleged an affair with Mr. Trump back in 2006. Stormy is uh, causing uh, quite a bit of uh, angst among the uh, political politically connected in D.C., I guess. Yeah, so those those some of the, uh, the, the big stories coming out of Washington, D.C. today. Besides, uh, besides immigration, we mentioned the Olympics, mentioned the uh, budget address in Springfield today. So uh, those some of the, the big stories. Any thoughts on any of those? Or, of course, the... Uh, Valentine's Day, that's always open here during the course of this hour at 3569397. And you can email us at talk at wdws.com is how you can reach us. Uh, what'd you write about today? Well, what I wrote about today it didn't run today. Apparently, it's going to run tomorrow. Oh, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wrote about J.B. Pritzker. Okay. So, about his uh, charitable activities. Hmm. Okay. Yep. And that's, you're going to tease it that way. I'm going to tease it that way. If, okay. I tell you, if I tell you what I wrote, then you won't have to. Then you won't read it tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, every... I'm thinking about maybe doing a bunch of puns about President uh, Trump and and Stormy. And the first would be uh, the headlines that will undoubtedly soon be reading: Stormy weather hits White House, something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, is this? Yeah. I mean, it won't be long. Report headli- headline writers love puns, so this is. That's it's right. either already been done ad nauseum or will be done ad nauseum. And we've had some people over the last few weeks have mentioned you and your your columns on the chief. You've yeah. written a couple of times about that. Yeah, sure I you're did. Getting, still getting response from that, I'm sure. Well, you know, uh, Chancellor Jones has a problem here because he can't order people not to think about the chief, and he can't order people not to shout "chief" after these after the music at halftime, and he can't order uh, chief impersonators to dress up as the chief at at events. And the critics, his critics on campus insist that he do that, which he does not have the authority to do. And so, you know, I don't know. What does the guy do? What does the guy? He doesn't have the authority to do that, which that which his critics are demanding that he do. So that's really what this whole issue is about and strikes me as a kind of a tempest in a teapot because people are free. People have freedoms to do as they choose. And the critics can be unhappy about it, but they can't stop it. So I don't know what, I don't know how this thing gets uh, gets resolved. As a matter of fact, I, su- I assume it will never get resolved because the critics will never let it go, and the chief supporters uh, probably won't either. All right, uh, we're at the bottom of the hour here. Can we get Steve in real quick? Uh, Steve, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I'd like to uh, say good morning to you fellas, and for some uh, real news, why don't we talk about uh, all the scandals that have gone on with. Uh, the Obama administration and all these Susan Rice and all this other stuff, the Nunez reports, that'd be some good stuff to talk about. They don't talk about it on CBS or ABC or NBC. It'd be good yeah. if it's 
Well, there's certainly some uh, some headlines out there. Just hadn't gotten to them yet. But what what do you what do you think of all that? Well, I think it's a big cover up by CBS yeah. and all the rest of them. They, they they are not they're not even going after that. Instead, they're worrying about something that happened 15 years ago. That's the big push for that's the look over here syndrome that our mainstream media has. They they aren't even reporting this stuff. I mean, all this stuff that's being uncovered. What happened to Trump? It's totally ridiculous. That's scary. That's what's really scary for this country. Not what some guy did 15 years ago. You know, uh, one of, you're talking you're talking broadly about the Russian investigation and all the spinoff stuff that's going on with that, which seems to cover the waterfront. It's hard to keep straight, and it's even harder, in my mind, to know who's really telling the truth. What are the undisputed? What are the undisputed facts? So you know, there is getting a, it is getting a lot of attention in some quarters. Uh, I think one one particular columnist who's writing quite a bit about it, who who's very knowledgeable, is Byron York, who's a syndicated columnist. You can find him on the internet. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's really a, a factual quagmire as far as I can tell right now. And so we'll just have to wait and see how this. Well, thing... it's scary what the what the Obama administration did to this government by weaponizing the IRS, the intelligence agencies. It's all it's all there if if people would just look at it. Right. Well, the IRS thing is pretty much undisputed, as far as I can tell. They clearly identified numerous people they didn't they didn't want to be active politically and denied them denied them charitable status just for political reasons and dragged it out and dragged it out. Uh, now yeah, that's a different that's a different sort of thing from what the the uh, the so called Steele dossier is, which looks like something that the prepared by the Democrats it was sold to the Justice Department as some sort of legitimate dossier uh, uh, the basis of which they then sought a FISA warrant to uh, conduct electronic oversight of the Trump campaign I mean, this is uh, this is pretty interesting stuff and I think it's so partisan it's going to be hard to figure out in the end for for regular right, people to figure out well who's telling the truth and who's not well the IRS has a it, it coincides with all the other stuff that was they never had one investigation they invested themselves for eight years Mm -hmm. even when we had investigations in congress they took care of it internally with the department of justice well steve uh you've got uh ed rogers writes a i guess a piece in the washington post today it says media ignoring ties between clinton campaign and russians so uh you might read that that might line up with you, what you're talking about, too. So, Right. But, I, I mean, if you just listen to the news, if you listen to the CBS News on your channel, everything is is about Trump. It's what Trump did or this or that. or it, it, It's just how they parse their words. You, you can listen to it, and yep. you can tell it's quite biased all the time. All right. Hey, Steve, thanks for your call today. You're welcome. Yep, glad we got you on. We got the news headlines next. Jim and I return. Jim dies with me here from the uh, News Gazette, of course, and uh, with us every few weeks. And we've got uh, open lines here this morning. Open line tomorrow as well at uh, nine and ten, ten thirty. Busey Money Talk, and then uh, Nathan and Julie Gunn on Friday. So that's what's ahead. Oh no, that will be interesting. Yeah, that's qu- be they're f- quite a pair. Yes, they are, and they're a, a couple of real stars too. Yeah, so we'll have them Friday. But we got our own star doing the news next. We'll do that here and then come back with more after this. We're back on Penny for Your Thoughts. Brian Barnard in Bloomington, Indiana, where Illinois plays the Hoosiers tonight. Jim Dye is in our studio in Champaign. You can join us, 356-9397. Text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357, and email us, 
talk at WDWS.com. The Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Your Assets, and Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. That goes on today at the iHotel, 1.30 at uh, the iHotel today on this Valentine's Day. Call 337-1111 to reserve your spot. Got a text in from Mike. He says, my girlfriend, or an email, my girlfriend's boy was told to bring cards to school today to pass out for Valentine's Day. He said he wasn't giving boys a Valentine's card. He was then told either everyone or nobody. I decided not to take any. He said he wasn't gay and didn't want to give a boy a card. I didn't know what to tell him and just said, okay. So that's from Mike. So I think in the classroom, we used to just give Valentine's to everybody. You know, that's so long ago, I can't recall. I just remember that I never got a Valentine from anybody. <laughs> you never got one? They, I beg people like for Valentine's. Then? They'd say no. no. <laughs> Matter of fact, sometimes they'd walk up to me and they'd say, I don't want to be your Valentine. Really? Yeah, I tell you, it was tough, man. Wow. Litchfield was tough. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Doug on the line with us this morning. Hi, Doug. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Hey, um, I was reading the paper this morning, and uh, it seems to be a recurring theme that uh, you have young people throughout the city um, – Residential burglary, and uh, it's not cited statistics in the paper that there were 52 residential burglaries in Southeast uh, Urbana since the first part of uh, December, and the common thread seems to be that the young, that they're out on uh, probation or released on their own recognizance, and it's no wonder the city has a crime epidemic when the state's attorney continually lets these people out because they know that there are no serious consequences. We had an issue in Champaign where a young person was arrested in possession of a firearm without a FOID card, unregistered. Um, he was let out on his own recognizance. He committed 13 residential burglaries, was arrested with the stolen property by the Champaign police. He was released again on his own recognizance, no bond, and he stole a motorcycle from a Circle K. The police went and arrested him, and the stolen property was at his house. So... By my recollection, that's three felony charges, and the state's attorney, Julia Reitz, let him go, put him on probation for two years, and if he meets that obligation, those charges will all go away. He will not have a record. And something's wrong when the crime rate in the city cities of Champaign and Urbana continues to escalate and nothing ever happens to these people. You've got to be arrested 14 to 16 times before you ever do serious uh, jail time. And yet if you pick up a, a drunk driver, he's liable to go to the jail if there's any property damage. I think we've got misplaced priorities. And she's now serving her fourth term. And all you get when she's on your show is her excuses 
of why these people are able to perpetrate these crimes incessantly. I'd kind of like your comments on that. Well, let me just start off yep. at the beginning. Thank you, Doug. When you have you're you're talking about when you say they're they're out on bond, and I think what you're suggesting they should be locked up, <clears throat> either in the jail or sentenced to DOC. The problem with uh, the first one is there's a limited amount of space in jail, and the priority is to have fewer people in jail unless they're there for non unless they're there for violent crimes as opposed to nonviolent crimes. However, I would say there's residential burglary is a kind of a mixture of the two because they pose serious public safety threats. The other problem is that before you send people to DOC, you try to give them chances to straighten up, and a lot of these people have no interest in straightening up, so they continue to commit crimes for a variety of reasons. Uh, I don't think I have an answer for that. Uh, a lot of these things can be difficult to prove, and I don't want to be in the position of defending Julia when I don't know what the facts are or being critical of Julia when I don't know what the facts are. But but you're clearly right. When you have these burglary sprees by a couple of suspects, uh, by two people, and they go out and they commit 20 burglaries, yeah, that calls for some serious uh, serious repercussions and, and, and prison because that is not just – He's not just a, they're not just first offenders. They're like 20 time offenders. So I'm sympathetic to the point you make. The question is, how does the criminal justice system handle both the crimes that are committed and the number of people that are committing crimes? And the system uh, works slowly when it works at all. And I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I understand the concern that the caller has. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a tough situation. I seems like every uh, few years, uh, every couple of years, we come up about we need a new jail, we need to redo. The, where are we on that right now? I mean, is there any? Well, I think there are people talking. The same people are talking about building an expanded jail or a new jail, and the same people are who are opposed to it. <laughs> so nothing's happened. Do we need a new jail? I, I don't know. Do, is the old jail in downtown Champaign too um, antiquated to be successful? Probably. But as long as the population in the current jail is uh, within reason and we have space, then that would tell me that maybe we don't. But there are all kinds of issues related to that, including separation of those that are mentally ill, separation from, of men from women, a separation from, of uh, younger uh, people in the jail from older, more hardened criminal types. So there are all kinds of issues that go into that. And then, of course, there is the mat- matter of cost, which voters would have to approve a ta- property tax increase to build a new jail. And I think everybody who pays property taxes thinks they're already too high. Taxed out, yeah, so to speak. All right, we need another break here. We'll come back with more. Jim Dye is with me. We've got open line here to the top of the hour. Open line tomorrow at 9 and 10. Busey Money Talk at 10.30. Coming up tomorrow, and then we'll have Nathan and Julie Gunn on Friday and talk a little Olympics to close out the week as well. Uh, We'll do all that, but we'll take a break right now after this. On Penny for Your Thoughts, we return. Welcome back to Penny for Your Thoughts on this Valentine's Day with uh, Jim Dye here this hour. We talked some, had a little Valentine's Day panel at the start of the show, which was fun. Had some input on that along the way. Uh, by the way, I, I think you probably saw it was in the News Gazette today, WDWS. We were covering it. Uh, Brad Underwood's contract came out, the the details, uh, and he's got some extra incentives, I guess. He beats Missouri and beats Indiana in particular. He gets a little extra money. Gee, if he only, go, if he only wins two Big Ten games, do they 
dock his pay? <laughs> oh, I, I don't think it works that way. You know, but, I, uh, I have a problem with uh, these, and I, it happened. It's pervasive throughout the coaching industry that coaches uh, and players uh, start nickel and diming management for the for the uh, for bonuses for doing what they should be trying to do. Anyhow, I don't understand why a coach is making three million dollars uh, uh, gets a bonus for for beating uh, Indiana. Although I love to beat Indiana. And also for beating Missouri, although I love to beat Missouri. Yeah, it seems to me is. like that kind of goes with the program. Now, I see where the AA has put out a statement today saying this was uh, Josh Whitman's idea, that it would somehow be exciting for fans to know that this was really a rivalry game. Well, I think the fans already knew it was a rivalry game, so restating the obvious to me isn't uh, particularly persuasive. Well, he's uh, made a, what – little bit of money this year he sure beat has Missouri and beat yeah. Indiana the first time so well uh, I don't blame uh coaches I guess for asking for it I do blame management for giving it so I, I just don't understand it I mean what you just get three million to show up and then if you say but if you want me to win I want uh I want a few about a few dollars more let's go to the phone here Mike is with us hi Mike good morning hi good morning uh Brian and Jim got a question for you guys um Jim as you as a journalist and Brian you said you really love history but this past weekend i uh was all by myself on saturday night and i came across a netflix uh documentary it's a three-part documentary it takes about three and a half hours but it's called five came back have you either of you heard of that or seen it yeah that's about the directors in world war ii correct correct yes, i read the book on it and it was outstanding uh-huh. and if, are you calling to give it an endorsement and if so i i yeah, heartily yeah. agree <laughs> yeah, I haven't read the book, but I, I did see the Netflix series, and I, I was just – it's amazing how something like that can happen. I'm sure a lot of our vets probably know about that. But Yeah, let uh, me just – 64. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, you know, what the story is about is about uh, uh, movie directors from Hollywood who were basically drafted into uh, the Army in World War II, and they were assigned to make training films and propaganda films, and – bring the story of the military forces abroad back to people at home. And we're talking about people like, I believe, William Wyler, and who was the guy that directed uh, uh, John, John, uh, John Ford? John Ford, and then uh, uh, the guy that did uh, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, Frank Capra. Frank Capra. And I think John Houston. I can't remember the fifth one. Yeah, that's right. It, and it was, the, it was, it was a, great, a great story about this by uh, General Marshall, you know, the military had a film unit, and and as they were going into the war, I mean, public public support is important. You have to educate the public. You have to fire up the public to get behind the cause. And so they were trying to figure out how they do that. And, and George Marshall, who was later Secretary of State and, and one of the great Americans of all time, said, you know, why don't we go to Hollywood because they know how to do this sort of thing. Why are we messing with it? And so they went out there, and they got a, a bunch of the top directors. And who, who was the director that made um, – best years of their of their lives do you recall that was that william wyler i think it is yeah i was actually looking those movies up uh, that they talked about at the end of the documentary because i'd like to watch them because mm. oh if you haven't seen the best years of their lives uh, you should definitely see that you can get it at the library or yeah i mean it's yeah, it's a yeah, tremendous yeah. movie and the the guy one of the stars of the show who a fellow who doesn't have arms and won an academy award for that he actually was that was the first time performance of his life he was a U.S. soldier who lost his arms in an explosive accident, and then he later was cast in the lead role as uh, as uh, one of these returning vets who's trying to cope with life right. after the war. Yeah. Uh, so yes, if you got Netflix yeah. and you want to see something interesting, Five Came Back is very good. Yeah. Hey, Mike, I got to run, but thank you very much. 
Sure, go ahead. I, I appreciate it. All right, need another break, and we'll come back and wrap it up after this. All right, we're back on Penny for your thoughts. Jim Dye, thank you. And we have an idea for uh, if you want to go to White Castle, they've been offering Valentine's Day reservations for 30 years. They expect to surpass the 28,000 people they served last year. Wow. How about I wish that? we had a White Castle around here. <laughs> you can uh, sip on the limited chocolate and strawberry smoothie. Uh, you know, I've been hearing about White Castle Day, for so. years, but <laughs> they're never any around. Yeah, that's right. Well, happy Valentine's Day. And have well, a thank good, you. Uh, have a good Wednesday. Same to you. All right. Good luck to the Illini. Go Illini here in Bloomington on WDWS. Champaign-Urbana. We'll talk to you tonight.